Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Wonderful, wonderful. 
people there with Goddess Spirit Rising. We even had some men presenters and a few men who were attendees because it is an open conference for everybody who um, is involved with the goddess. We had Lydia Rule's amazing banners. Have you seen Lydia's goddess banners? I have not, actually. Imagine a Tonka sized piece made from ripstop nylon in bright colors sewn oh. together in the images of the goddess. I'm writing it down, Lydia Rule. And maybe I've seen it, but didn't Rule. know the name. And where necessary, painted. A fabulous, fabulous work in the, the a space where we were together, our temple space, and the space where we ate. We're all hung with these beautiful, beautiful goddess flags, all different, over a hundred different images of the goddess. From ancient stone carvings to visions from Hildegard of Bingen. Oh, nice. Sounds a little like the So how of wonderful that you should start the show with that. Oh, yes, absolutely. As That's what was funny about that story was I had... I worked in a store where a lot of people, I saw a lot of people, and I, I saw all these women in there. There was about 50 or, I don't know, maybe 100 women in this little store come to listen to Kellyanna. And I knew they were all part, of, after that, I mean, I, I assumed they were all part of that mentality. And some of them, I think, were kind of, you know, as they say, in the broom closet, and they saw me and it, it, being one of the two men there <laughs> and being a public person. I was like, it's okay, I won't say anything. <laughs> They kind of gave me that look for a second, you know, because I think they were all female and and stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) But there were it was it was a friendly atmosphere. It was fun, Kelly, and it was great, and all that. (laughs) Wonderful, yeah. We had some uh, really amazing uh, music and uh, dance and performance pieces, and it was just uh, incredibly talented. uh, wonderful, and of course, um, people say, "Well, what, what, is it, what does this mean, goddess spirit? Does it mean you wash up the goddess?" And uh, well, you know, that's not a word that I would use, but I'm pretty picky about words, and I like to say all acts of uh, beauty and joy are in her honor. Mm-hmm. I think that's the simplest, clearest explanation that I can give someone who wants to know what's what's with all this goddess stuff. So that's what's with all this goddess stuff. Meanwhile, we've been looking at the trees at the 13 moons, and I find myself, as is often the case, you find yourself at the very end of something, and suddenly your bites become smaller and smaller. It's as though you're savoring what's left more and more, and you pay more and more attention to the fine detail of it. And you find yourself so reluctant to to truly let it go. And I certainly find that about Elder. The 13th tree of the trees of the 13 moons. And I ask myself, well, is this you just dragging your heels, Susan, and not wanting it to end? And I said, well, you know what? Let's let Elder speak for herself. If you can continue to find new and interesting information about Elder, then you can keep on talking about Elders for as long as you can do that, Susan. So, what I found tonight was I looked in two of my favorite books, and these books are literally heavy books. The first of them 
which is Native American ethnobotany, probably weighs a good three pounds, maybe even four. It's a very large size book, and it runs to just under a thousand pages. It is, in fact, the finest and perhaps only absolute compilation of every plant used by every Native American group on this continent. So let's see what Daniel E. Mormon, the author, M-O-E-R-M-A-N, Mormon, Daniel Mormon, has found out about elder, which is Sambucus. Sambucus canadensis, American elder. The Algonquins of Quebec scraped the bark upward and used it as an emetic. It means to make you throw up. If they scraped the bark downward, it was used as a laxative. Now, I found this right away totally fascinating. This is the very first entry. And here we have something that is not touched upon at all in 101% of books written about herbs. And that is that many Native peoples that I have been with believe and act accordingly that harvesting at a certain time or harvesting in a certain way will change the very nature of the remedy. And that you can use the same plant part, but by harvesting it at a different time or harvesting it in a different way, here scraping up or scraping down, you get a very different action from your remedy. The Cherokees used infusions of elderberry against rheumatism. A sieve of elder was used for burns, and interestingly enough, he does not specify what part of the elder, but in general, um, it is thought that the bark is the part that is used externally. Infusion of flowers was taken by the Cherokee to sweat out a fever, and the leaves were used to wash sores to prevent infections. Elder was also used as a diuretic and emetic, and summer complaint, which we're going to guess is summer diarrhea or light sickness among children. The Chickasaw used infusion of the branches of elder applied to the head for severe headaches. The Chippewa infused the roots as an emetic. Don't use the roots. It's going to make you throw up. The Choctaw decocted the seeds, which means the berries, and roots, and then took that for liver troubles. The Creek put a poultice of pounded elder roots on swollen breasts and a pounded stalk poultice for swollen breasts. The Delaware used the leaves and the stems as a blood purifier. That usually means that it makes you sweat or it makes you throw up. That blood purifier stuff can be a code, as we know, remember that in European herbalism, that a blood cleansing herb is any herb that was used to treat syphilis. 
And since people did not want to be associated with herbs that were associated with syphilis, a a code was made up, which was blood cleanser. But uh, the code is kind of open, so people do know about it. The Delaware medicine uh, used leaves and stems against jaundice and infusion of flowers for infants with colic. The Oklahoma medicine, Oklahoma people, um, thought that elder was very big medicine, and they especially liked the infusion of flowers for infants with colic, which is pretty much the same as what the Delaware were doing there. Lived quite close together. The Iroquois made a poultice of elder bark and applied it for headaches. They infused the blossoms and gave it to babies, and they used elder in ceremonial medicine decocting the flowers of elder along with a few other plants which are unnamed to soak corn seeds before planting. I also found this a very fascinating entry because we think about biodynamic farming. And some of the things that biodynamic farming does may seem a little odd to people like putting certain herbs in a cow horn and burying it in the compost pile for a lengthy period of time and then putting pinches of that in the soil. In the same way, we may think, oh, my goodness, those, you know, those heathens there, they were, you know, soaking their corn seeds in elderflowers. What kind of magic did they think they were doing? I think that it is a kind of magic, and I think that as we learn more and more about the microbiota around us, about the great heaving life of bacteria on this planet, of which we are merely a transportation device, make no joke about it, there are ten times more bacteria in your body than there are cells, that we begin to understand that what those older, ancienter people were doing was understanding soil biota. Elder can be elder flowers can be made into champagne because they carry a natural yeast with them. And I am sure that by soaking the flowers and then soaking the corn seeds in them, that this yeast acted in concert with other soil bacteria to improve the germination of the corn and the health of the soil. So, again, we do best to lay aside any prejudice or any thoughts about um, what is going on there until we can actually perhaps delve into the actual mystery of what is this magic, or perhaps it's the magic of what is this mystery. The Iroquois also applied elder leaves to swellings of all kinds and trusted powdered elder bark as a way to heal the baby's umbilical cord. This goes on and on. The Iroquois used elder as a gastrointestinal aid, a heart medicine, a kidney aid, as a liver aid, as a disease remedy, as a pediatric maid, and berries were specially thought to be excellent for convalescence. The Menominee used infusion of the dried flowers when there were fevers. The Nesquakwe used the inner bark of young shoots, both as a purgative, a diuretic, and uh, to move childbirth along. The Micmac used the berries as a soporific, something that could help us go to sleep. The Mohegans had the same idea as the Algonquins, which was that you scrape the bark 
upward and use it as a emetic. Scrape it downward and use it as a cathartic. So we see that elder has quite a strong effect on the gastrointestinal system, but not exactly the kind of effect that most modern humans are looking for. And this is one of the reasons that I have been focusing on the use of the flowers and the berries of the elder. As we've been going through how these people used elder, we've been noticing that the flowers are used over and over again for children, for fevers, for a febrifuge. I think that I have mentioned that, that the flowers, either as a tea, an infusion, or a tincture, actually reset the fever control mechanism of the brain, helping especially when we are dealing with very young people or very old people where that fever control mechanism can get a little bit shaky and elder just firms it right up and gets us right back into where we need to be and again reminding ourselves that running a fever when there's a bacteria or viral infection is a good idea because most viruses and most bacteria cannot reproduce at temperatures over 100 degrees. So we just push our normal body temperature up a little bit to 100 degrees and voila, we have an excellent way of getting rid of the infections. The Seminole used it after death and after funerals, and they especially used it as a purification using the leaves and the bark. There we go, a medic, purgative, laxative, not what most of us are looking for. Cleans the insides, says the Seminole. The Thompson chewed on the bark to help relieve toothache. They especially use the fresh bark. The Cherokee made elderberry wine, and they also used the berries in pies and puddings and preserves and dried fruit for winter use. They dipped the blossoms in hot water and then let it cool to make a pleasant drink. The Dakota, the Chippewa, the Cherokee, and the Iroquois loved the fruit of the elders. So did the Smithquaqui, the Omaha, the Pawnee, the Ponca, and the Seminole. The Seminole, however, thought that it was only to be used when there wasn't much else around. So it wasn't one of their favorites. And elder does have a strong taste. It's kind of hard to eat the fruit raw. But it dries up really well, and it's great in all kinds of cooked porridges, dried elderberries cooked in with dried grains. makes a really nice and palatable way to start the day. There are other uses that Native people made of the elder as well. The larger stems made pop guns. We remember that the elder is hollow or pithy in its stalks and stems. And so this was used by the Native people as ways to get tools that needed to have air blown through them or liquid blown through them. So here come the boys taking the stalks and using them for blow guns. And the Menemone punched out the pith and used it to make 
squirt guns, as did the Masakwi. And they also um, shot, they pushed up the pith and they then used the pith and a kind of pop gun or a, uh, we would call it a blow gun. The um, Omaha Boys and the Pawnee Boys and the Ponca Boys and the Seminole Boys, they all did this, seemed to be passed around from boy to boy, but the Seminole used the same kind of stem as a medicine tube. And this was um, a not uncommon technique among Native Americans that the plant would not be given orally, but would be given by being blown down the throat. So the plant would be powdered, it would be packed into a hollow stalk like this, or stalk that had been made hollow, and then the healer would blow the herb violently down the throat. Or, similarly, if for external use, rather than being applied as a poultice, the skin was pricked with something barbed like a rose thorn until there were many small areas of bleeding, and then the healer would take the dried, again, powdered herb. This is why the mortar and pestle is so often the mark of the herbalist from grinding and powdering down those herbs. Pack it into a blowgun and blow it up against the wound. Have you ever heard of those kind of blowing techniques? I've heard of fumigating from the other side, but not blowing down the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Quite interesting techniques, huh? Yeah. And we that think is. about like the, the prana and the energy in the breath and the transmission of that breath from the healer, from the physician, from the herbalist, right directly into the body in ways that we modern people might be like, whoa, okay, you know, like blowing into a place that you've purposely wounded someone, blowing into their throat. This is like really strong medicine. Mm. Yeah. And so so it comes along with elder, which is the tree of the 13th, and the, the tree of the hearse, right? We've talked about how elder is the death tree. And that it has lore that makes people afraid that if they misuse elder, they will die. Either if they take parts of it without asking, that the the elder will cause them to become so sick that they will die. Or this very prevalent belief in England that if elder is cut, that you very bad fortune will come to you. So much so that a the main highway, we're talking a super highway, in England had to be rerouted because the original route was going to cause the cutting down of an elder groove in the grove, and the workers would not do it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did that once for landscaping. There was a mushroom circle, and I told him, I said, it's against my religion to – I actually was just being kind of a smartass, but I also was saying – I didn't like working with the guy that much, and I said, I'm not going to cut down that very circle. I'm sorry. It's against my religion. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that? 
Oh, he was just like he he pointed to another yard. He was just all business. He's like, what what? And he was just kind of oh, go over there and cut that yard. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. he, he could have cared less. I think he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, right. looked, yeah, like yeah, I was yeah, very yeah, odd, yeah. but uh, but then he just wanted me to keep mowing lawns. You know, he was very uh, about the the, the cash. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I'll get somebody else to cut it. Then. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of that. <laughs> but yeah, he did give me a funny look. <laughs> Indeed. So we've said that elder is Sambucus, and we've been talking about Sambucus canadensis, which is the American elder, and the one that we're most likely to find if we go out looking for elder. But there is also in America a Sambucus cerula, which is the blue elderberry. And this was used primarily externally by great numbers of people. The berries were eaten from the blue elderberry, but there was not a lot of internal use of it. And again, a great many people, including the Mendocino Indians, the Montana Indians, the Pomo, the Potter Valley, the Quinault, we can see that the blue elder is a western-growing species. The Klamath Indians, the Lesaño Indians, the Skagits, the Squaxins, the Skokomish, the Swinomish, the Wintoon, the Yokut, the... um, Peoples of the Green River Group, the Calums, the Nespelums, the Yukis, the Kashhayas, the Costanoans, as we see, elder was used by virtually every native group that lived within the range of elder, and that's a big range. That's throughout the United States with both Western and Eastern varieties. If we go out to buy elder, What we will probably buy, however, is the European black elder, which is Sambucus nigra. And Sambucus nigra is such an important remedy for European folk that they brought cuttings of elders and roots of elders along with them so that we actually have Native American use of the European black elder, especially uh, among the Cherokee who were excellent herbalists and were quite interested in the plants that the Europeans had brought with them. The Cherokee used black elder berry infusion against rheumatism and different parts as salves for burns, skin eruptions, boils, and sores. The berries were used as a cherished Food, not just by the Cherokee, but by all people who have access to European black elder. Many people, if they buy an elder tree, that's the one they're going to buy and plant. There is also a scarlet elderberry, the Sambucus racemosa, and it grows further to the south, the Bellacula used at, the Southern Carrier, the Gitkasan the Hesquiat, the Ojibwes, and it looks like it also grows in the West because the Okanagan and the Pomo and the Potatomi and the Skakani and the 
Thompson and the Apache and the White Mountain and the Kittasu and the Hesquiet also used the Scarlet Elder. Believe it or not, there's still more kinds of elder. Uh, Sambucus pubin, Sambucus aberensis, Sambucus luococarpa, Sambucus melanocarpa, Sambucus microbotris, Sambucus tridentata, and all are used pretty much the same as we have been talking about. As I said, I got two books out, both pretty heavy tomes. Now, let's see. We always get the cat's help. Thank you so much. We could not do it without you laying on the book. And the seventh book also is a heavy tome. This one, oh, yeah, probably weighs maybe close to three pounds. It's, again, very large format. And it is Max Wichel's Herbal Drugs and Phytopharmaceuticals, a book for practice on a scientific basis. And we have a Sambucai Floss, which means the flowers of elder. Source, Sambucus Nigra. All right, and that's, again, the black elder or the European elder, native throughout Europe, West and Central Asia, and North Africa, USSR, Yugoslavia, Bulgaria, Hungary, Romania, and the UK, used as a diuretic in feverish chills, large amounts of the infusion, often in combination with linden flowers, drunk as hot as possible. Elder flowers supposedly increases the response of the sweat glands to heat stimuli. Active principles are unknown, and it is disputed whether the effect is really based on its constituents. Wychowski observed a distinct increase in diaphoresis in healthy subjects, in other words, in sweating in healthy subjects, but other authors ascribe the effect simply to the large amounts of hot fluid taken and consider the elderflower simply to be a flavoring agent. In folk medicine, it is also used for gargling. Extract from the German Commission E monograph. And we remember that the German Commission E was the commission that was set in place to make a scientific judgment about herbs and how they could be scientifically used. And so in order to be a Commission E recommendation, there must be scientific studies to back up claims. So Commission E says that elderflowers can be used for chills, catarrhal complaints, colds and flus, contraindications, none known, side effects, none known, interactions with other remedies, including drugs, none known. The dosage, average daily dose is one to three cups of tea, Drunk as hot as possible, a diaphoretic effects increases bronchial secretions. And we have very little about the regulatory status. And we go then to Sambucai fructus, the elder fruit, again from Sambucus nigra, and this contains the flavonoid glycosides, rutin, isoquercetin, and hyperosin. 
Seedy Tannins and Thosianin Sambukin Sambusianin. We have talked at length before about the amazing antioxidant and health benefits of fruits and foods that are very, very dark in color. Indications. Nowadays, elderberries are used rarely as a laxative, diuretic, and diaphoretic. The fresh, ripe fruits are used for making juice and jam. In folk medicine, it is thought to be helpful for those with sciatica and neuralgia. Owing to the relatively high anthocyanin content, elder fruit is a source of natural coloring. Caution! Eating the fruit raw or insufficiently cooked will lead to nausea and vomiting. The tea is not usually taken. A tincture is the more usual way to take it, as well as a fluid extract. Market it under several brand names. And this is an older book. Those brand names have done good scientific studies showing, yes, indeed, that taking elderberry is as effective at dealing with the flu as Tamiflu and other drugs that we have. So even when you look to the authorities, you don't always get the latest information about what you're looking for. Elder. What an amazing plant. I think we can safely say that I can find a few things to say about elder and probably wrap up our trees of the 13 moons next Tuesday. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week, Susan, as always. Thank you for giving me this time and this space and for making it so easy for people to click through to my website, susanweed.com, or to come over to wisewomanbookshop.com where they can buy my books or see my schedule. Still a few workshops and things going on this year. Um, I think I talked last week a little bit about my workshop coming up at Row Camp and Conference Center. It's going to be really wonderful, and it's a special, special place. So check that out, and hopefully I'll see you at Row R-O-W-E, Camp and Conference Center. Thanks, everybody, for helping me reweave the healing cloak of the ancients and restoring herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Good night. Green blessings. All right, absolutely, and thank you again. And good night, everyone. You've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Miss Susan Weed. And perhaps we'll conclude, unless there's more to talk about, <laughs> the 13 second trees next Tuesday. We will be back. Join us in our circle and have a great evening. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology. UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. (laughs) 